Hello, adventurer, and welcome to the Skyrim Book Club, the on-the-go solution for the busy adventure in Tamriel's coldest, far-reaching province. Let us collect the literature and lore of this great province for you and put it into a portable package so that you never have to stop fighting dragons, picking flowers, or stealing from shopkeepers when they aren't looking. With an ever-increasing archive, SkyrimBookClub.ca has got the story for you. Until next time, enjoy the book. Exegesis of Merid Nunda by Frastus of Elenhir. Thoughts on a rare manuscript. Truly, the tract of Merid Nunda is one of the strangest and least understood works of mytho-history that has come down to us from the early First Era. It exists only in partial manuscript form, a single copy of which resides in the library of the Arcane University at the Imperial City. Or at least it did, though since the Mages' Guild was blamed for the disappearance of the Emperor Varen and driven out of Cyrodiil, I don't know what has become of their once-admirable library. Fortunately, I was granted an opportunity to study the noted tract in detail, while the guild was still in possession of it, and made a personal copy for myself so I could continue to unravel its mysteries once I'd returned to Elenir. The problem of understanding the tract of Merid Nunda is twofold. First, the extant document is clearly part of a larger work, drawn from seemingly somewhere in the middle, and without the preceding and following portions of the work, we have little context for the part that remains. Second, the tract is written in a peculiar argot that employs alien phrases in a late netic syntax, including many words of unknown origin that don't appear in any other source. However, working outward from fragments previously translated by Wenigris Monhanna and Hermina Sina, I believe I can shed some new light on certain key passages in this mysterious manuscript. Our format shall be to provide the translation of each passage followed by my interpretation of its meaning. Were known as the Nine Corusations, who followed the parabolas that led away from Magnus. Meridnunda was of these sisters, as was Nemoli, as was Zerolig, as was... This appears to identify the Daedric Prince Meridia with the so-called Star Orphans, those Anuic Ur-entities that separated from Magnus when that divine withdrew from the creation of the Orbis. The best known of these Star Orphans is probably Nemoli the Blue Star, who was associated with untime events, and was said to be visible even in the daytime sky at the time of the dragon break. Thus we call upon Senedolin to bind the earth as we speak to Meridnunda regarding the light, for she is the scintilla that fears not darkness and swims the waves of pull and spin. For the aliens, of course, light was one of the four elements of creation, and this passage seems to confirm that Meridia was the personification of light to the wild elves. Though I am certain of this passage's translation, I confess the meaning of the final phrases eludes me. The next passage was quite difficult, but its translation adds an entirely new episode to our account of the Dawn Era. The lords of the Chaos Realms chided Meridnunda for her trespass, and bade her return to Orbis, claiming all existing spheres as their own. But Meridnunda formed of her substance a great drag lens, and the light of Magnus was bent thereby. The rays, carved, focused, a new sphere from the chaos, which Merid Nunda, laughing, sparkling, did claim for her own. This appears to recount the origin of the colored rooms, as Meridia's oblivion realm is known, seemingly formed directly out of the stuff of chaos by an act of divine will. And finally, thus does Merid Nunda ride, slide, across the rainbow road from end to end, at one end stretching the dragon, at the other end compressing him. A curious passage indeed. The dragon, of course, traditionally refers to the divine we know as Akatosh, the god of time. 
This seems to suggest that by traveling the Rainbow Road, a reference to the prismatic refraction of light, Meridia can in some sense alter the rate at which time flows forward. Altering the speed of time? Is this merely an absurd conceit of the late Aeliad sorcerer priests, or a genuine insight into the nature of one of the least understood Daedric princes? Who can say?